0: Welcome, everyone. This is Tim the Liberty Advisor, joined with John Snyson, the economic truth, and we have Charlie Robinson, who is the author of the new... book that you guys can find on amazon and let me go up there and get that right up right now the controlled demolition of the american empire and uh one of the funny things about this not that the book's funny but if you actually scroll down here it's saying frequently bought together and it's covid 19 the great reset by klaus jobs so if you guys watch the uh presentation john and i did on the great reset you'll know all about that but it's great to have charlie on Uh, this is episode 26 Charlie is returning champion of the Tim and John show. But actually, I guess technically, and I am stealing that term for Sam Tripoli, the returning champion. But technically, before there was a Tim and John show, we had you on as a guest. So we're calling yeah. that – it's like a prequel, I guess. And you were yeah. the last, the last <laughs> of the prequels yeah. before we started the Tim and John show. But it was – sure. But it was crazy because I was up in Arcapulco. I think at the time we were talking about the MAGA stocks, Microsoft, Apple. Oh, yeah. Apple, that's right now. Yeah. yeah. Apple and Amazon. <laughs> and uh, it was literally days later that the whole world started melting down and that uh, the S&P 500 then dropped. Uh, it was like literally like four or five days later after that. So. A lot's going on between now and then. You guys also might remember Charlie from uh, Union of the Unwanted. He's been on pretty much all of those. Uh, but, you know, he's a hard hitter. There's lots of great information. His new book is also co-authored by Jeff Berwick, The Dollar Vigilante. So a lot of you guys know about Jeff Berwick, who also, unfortunately, uh, you know, had to take his YouTube channel down before. It it, turned you know.
1: transgender, apparently, no. <laughs> yes, oh, he did. that was hilarious. So you guys
0: haven't seen it, Jeff did a... Uh, it was
1: disturbing. Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs>
2: My mom told me about it. My mom goes, you've got to see Jeff's new video. I was like, why? What? And she's like, he's 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 turned into a woman. And I was like, oh, this ought to be good.
0: <laughs>
2: so, yeah, He's out of his mind, yeah. but in the best possible way.
1: Oh, yeah. It was really good, but disturbing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, Charlie, anything going on yeah. between the last time we were on the podcast? No, nothing. It's probably February 16th, 2020. You know, anything nope. going on in the world? That's, you know, nope. Do you, have, yeah. do you have any? Do you have any stronger uh-uh. convictions? So, no. so, so, we got nothing a... to
1: talk about. Is, is it going to be a show? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell
0: us a little <laughs> bit about a little bit about your book, or what was it, the interest sure. of? Uh, I mean, a lot of this audience, obviously, you know, probably is of the of the mindset that there is a. Uh, you know, control demolition or something is not not right. But actually, do you want to start maybe give a little bit about your background? I know you had done some stuff yeah. with, you know, HGTV and also, uh, you know, yeah. written some other books as well, The Global Octopus of Control. And Do you want to give a little bit of your background and then we'll kind sure. of get into the new book?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, my background is in real estate. I've been in real estate for 20 years in Las Vegas. My business partners there uh, were the husband and wife team doing uh, flip or flop Vegas. So we were doing general real estate, but we were also having a camera crew follow us around, which is kind of weird. But, And, and we did that for four years. And um, so I, but in my off time, I was writing books and I wrote a book called The Octopus of Global Control that came out in August of 2017. And, and, about, a, and about a year after that, I was promoting it on Anarchast, uh, on Jeff's show and we got done filming our interview and we were still chatting, but we weren't recording. And he said something along the lines of, you know, it's all coming down. Right. You know, you know, it's all coming down. And I was like, 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 what do you mean? He's like, you know, like the financial industry is a house of cards and the, you know, the the money policy and the never ending war, you know, the system is coming down. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it can't last forever. And we started chatting about that and, And he said we should we should work on something together we should write you know maybe we should write a book together and i said all right let me let's let's think about it so i wound up in costa rica a couple months after that and um and i had some time to sort of like think about the concept and that stuck in my head when he was talking about how it's all coming down and so what we did was we put together this book that sort of showed like the comparisons between the way you would take down a a high-rise building you know, like Building Seven, uh, and the way you would take down the American Empire. So I, I did a lot of research into how you actually go about physically taking down a building, and we wrote chapters that that mimic that. So we've got a rotting foundation, pre-weakening of the building, identifying the support columns, rigging the detonators, who wired the building, uh, ringing the alarm bells pushing down the plunger and lastly clearing the debris and within each of those eight sections we then go into a variety of uh different topics and in details and we give some backstory on 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 empires and you know empires in the past and how they've gone through these cycles and what you notice is that you know they follow a very very predictable uh pattern and and where we are on that uh on that Uh, circular loop here is that we're at the we're at the last stage of it i mean all indications are that's that's where we currently sit in this american empire it's it would be nice to pretend like that's not the situation it'd be nice to be oblivious and 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 pretend that everything was fine but it's not fine and we know that we know it's not fine and a lot of the you know one of the things that these empires had in common was that they were always the last to know that it was Coming undone, you know, until it finally happened. And then, in retrospect, everyone's like, "Hey, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? You were overextended militarily. You were debasing your currency. You had bread and circuses. You were debauchery like crazy. Your government was looting the place. I mean, you were starting wars that you could never possibly maintain. You were conquering you know, lands of that, that you had that these no business involved in, in. Common I mean, was that all of these things, and there was." massive amounts of denial inside the empire by the by the citizens they just thought it would go on forever and that's where we are right now in in the american empire we're in the vast majority of people are in denial about where we are about how bad things are and 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 what can be done to save it so so you know you know jeff you guys all obviously know jeff really well and he's he 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 sees the world differently you know he's a canadian guy who lives in mexico who is an anarchist who when people tell jeff berwick you like anarchy so much go to somalia what does he do he goes to somalia or, for, or oh you, you want to talk about hyperinflation of a currency Well, go to venezuela so he goes to venezuela you know what i mean so he's that type of guy and when you so he's got a different perspective um not, not that I disagree with it, but to be clear, but he's got a different perspective that I can never have. I'm an American living in America, you know, focused on that. And he sees this where he has no allegiance to the United States and he's, he's more objective than I am. So it was a good, it was good to put the two of us together and, and come up with this, this idea. I think we did it in a way that makes sense to a lot of people. And I think, God, you know, the biggest complaint I have about the book writing process was that I wanted it to come out sooner. I wanted it to come out like in March and we were, you know, working towards that. And then the Corona situation hit. So then we slammed on the brakes. We waited, you know, five, six months and then uh, incorporated that into the book, which was, it was a good thing that we did that. And and now in the end, we released the book on the Friday, right before the elections and the timing of it was Perfect. It became a number one bestseller on Amazon in 72 hours, like on the day of the election, ironically. And um, and so my frustration of the timing of wanting it to come out in March turns out that I would have been wrong putting it out then. Glad we waited. And, and so it made it a lot more relevant to incorporate the corona situation. And and you know, and in March, we're talking about the demolition of the American Empire. People would go, I, I can, I can probably see that. But when you put it out the last week of October of 2020, everyone's like, oh yeah, I can definitely see this coming. You know, like they they really connected with it and and, and it's been it's been a trip. It's we're extremely grateful that people have found the book um informative and and I'm humbled by it.
0: Yeah. And you had mentioned that, you know, the, it, when you're, once you're inside the empire that, you know, it's always the people that are inside the empire, especially, you know, the crown itself are always the last yeah. ones to know. I mean, what other, you know, kind of parallels did you see as you're writing this book to maybe, you know, the Roman empire or to other you know great empires <laughs> that, that you, uh, that we've seen throughout yeah. history? Well, I it's funny that, empire we, is, you know.
2: Yeah. When, like, when we were, we were all at an Arcapulco together and, and John's got that, that great, book of currency, you know, <laughs> that all those different, all the different bills and everything. One of the things that stood out to me was that was this, this concept I, that I I'd never heard of until I was researching the book called, called coin clipping, where they would take gold and silver coins and they would cut little like pie shaped you know, clips out of the edges of them all around the coin and collect all those Get it in a pile, melt it down and make a new coin out of it. So it's like, holy crap, the Romans were debasing their currency before the Federal Reserve was around. You know, like they the Fed learned learned that trick maybe from the Romans. But there's a just this temptation when you're an out of control empire to want to manipulate the currency, you know, to, to, to have more of it, to find a way to steal more of it or to, you know, to, to create more currency out of thin air, which of course is a recipe for disaster, of course, but, but they, they have a a tendency to do that. So, so, you know, we, we see, you know, we see that as a parallel. One of the, the more damaging things that we see as a potential parallel is, um, A Greek concept called the Thucydides trap, which is that the rise of of a new superpower challenges the existing superpower. So they they talk about how all these, um, you know, Sparta and Athens, you know, these 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 great wars that they fought against one another. That that as a new superpower arrives on the scene, the existing one is threatened by it. And in twelve out of the sixteen instances when this has happened in our recorded history it's led to war and we see similarities between the way um the united states is demonizing china the the emerging china um, threat as as they wanted us to believe um and it makes us fearful that that a war with china could be inevitable because the the american empire sees china as a threat and if they follow this this uh, line of thinking in the Thucydides except, except trap. Except for Joe and, Biden yeah except for Joe Biden. Right He's right like yeah, Joe, Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden loves China. China. Uh, <laughs> but but we see this potential conflict and of course that would be catastrophic it's always catastrophic when you have a war but but the difference between back then and now is that we have the ability to destroy the whole planet so it's it's obviously exponentially more
0: dangerous. <laughs> Which
2: sounds like an opportunity for
0: all the psychopaths that are out there. So, you know, in solid part of this Hegelian dialectic is they create the problem, wait for the reaction. They already have the solution. And, I mean, I, it sounds like now that's the solution, and I'll you know, say in air quotes, is to have this central bank digital currency. And one thing I spoke with my grandfather today, and I do want to let people know out there who might feel alone, they might feel like they can't talk to anybody about this stuff. Well, even somebody like myself, and I don't want to speak for you know and me. Charlie, but <laughs> as you say this stuff and even if we're, you know, experts and people that are, you know, a notch above the rest when it comes to deeply understanding this stuff, we're not even prophets in our own village. And so, and my grandpa's like, Are you mean to tell me that, you know, this stuff can go on intergenerationally and that Bill Gates is a bad guy and that, you know, that I shouldn't get the vaccine and, and how would they be able to pull any of this stuff off? And you know, and it seems like, you know, Charlie, how or you know, how do they pull this stuff off? How did they do this stuff intergenerationally and you know, and what did you learn through your research of, of how they can really kind of pull the wool over everyone's eyes, or at least obviously not everyone, but you know, it seems like a large majority of the people right now uh, are just willing to kind of go along to get along right now.
2: Well, it reminds me of the, uh, one of the quotes I put in my first book, The Octopus of Global Control. It talked about Hitler uh, talking about the big lie you know, that when you tell, make, tell the lie, make it big and nobody will, you know, nobody will, will possibly consider it that it has, that it was a lie, you know? So we, we, part of the, the way it's, it's kept in secret is that we just can't, even wrap our heads around the idea of this monstrous conspiracy, but but there are, there are plenty of people that have had a front row seat to this that talk about this this gigantic conspiracy. I you know they talk about the octopus, uh, meaning the Standard Oil Rockefeller interests and things like that. John Francis Highland wrote about that. He was the mayor of New York City in 1922, talking about this sprawling octopus with its tentacles into the courthouses and the media and big business, and it's like. This thing's, this has been around for a hundred years, but it's, it, part of it is, it's just, it's difficult for people to wrap their heads around. And, and, and some of it, especially recently is that they're, they're provided cover by the media and the mainstream media will, you know, does two things. They, they lie in their, reporting and say that the world looks one way. And then they do the second thing that they do is they lie by omission. So they don't talk about the big stories that are, you know, should be talked about. Like That's the reason Biden why your
0: laptop and, you know, you got go it
2: on and on and on. Yeah. And so the reason why your grandpa hasn't heard about this stuff, the reason why most people's grandparents haven't heard about this stuff is because it's not on the nightly news. And so they make the assumption that either they make two assumptions. If it's on the nightly news, it's true because it wouldn't have gotten on the nightly news if it was lie, if it was just a bunch of lies, which we know that's false. And the second assumption is if it was really happening, certainly I would hear about it on my nightly news. And, and because I haven't, therefore it must not have actually happened. And that of course is, is, is wrong as well. So, so they're very, they're very smart. They're very devious. They, they understand how to keep things under wraps. And part of the reason why they keep things under wraps is, if everybody's involved in it, you know, in, in their group, but, but the highest levels, if they're all involved in it, they're not really in a position to to rat anybody out, for lest they be ratting themselves Especially out. Especially so when it, it's both political parties, because people
0: are like, oh, well, even Fox News, <laughs> well, you know, Fox News obviously controlled opposition. It's run by Lachlan Murdoch, who's friends with Alexander Soros, George Soros's son. Hillary Bundler and like, oh, even Fox News said this and even Fox News called Arizona. And, right. Oh, look at exa- this. Republicans even are speaking out against Trump, even though those are basically, you know, basically have two Democratic parties, which, you know, the, the DNC is more like the Communist Party and the Republican Party is more like the Communist Light Party, except for when, you know, Republicans <laughs> get in, except for when uh, Democrat if Biden ends up actually winning, uh, then the Republican Senate might actually at that point start acting like they care about the budget, but, you know, you'd mentioned these institutions get so big and Hitler, uh, you know, yeah, I think the quote was something like, you know, if you tell, you know, the bigger the lie, the easier it is for people to to believe or something like that. And it also kind of gets into something that uh, I know Ernest Hancock called Steigert's law, where that's a law where, you know, eventually the institution becomes more important than whatever cause it was initially there to design to create. So let's think of the Catholic church. And if you were to start talking about, all the you know pedophilia activity that's going on in the church. Well, then that could you know in turn greatly damage the church. So somebody like the pope, not this pope, because I think he—that's a whole other subject about this pope, the you know the black pope, <laughs> the last pope. But oh, call yes, me. Yeah. But but this guy, uh, or uh, popes in general, they are incentivized not to blow the whistle on this stuff because then it could bring down the entire institution. So things like you know Sandusky with you know uh, with you know Penn State and all these other. Big gigantic scandals. They it threatens the fabric of society, and so they can't. And and they're all criminals together, and their bloods, you know, interwoven everywhere. And they, you know, blood of criminals. Well,
1: yeah, it's like Paul Krugman tweeting about having, you know, some kind of child porn on his computer. Uh, kind of thing, you know. That's kind of, and that's what they use. Those kind of incentives is, uh you know, what they use. They involve people in that through uh, various sinister organizations, and then they blackmail people with, you know, if if you come out, you know, you're gonna be destroyed, and, you, and there's not gonna be much left of you. And so that's what they. Uh, that's why you have this, you know, massive intermingled, uh, you know, circle of influencers around the world that, you know, is not gonna rat on each other. They're you know, they're all in on the same crime. And, and of course, by doing that, you know, they're, they're not going to come out any of them like whistleblowers like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, this guy did this and that, but then they have, you know, some dirt on him and, and so on and so on. So so these organizations is, you know, and uh, of course, like there's circular organizations that they create, you know, so there's one, you know, uh, it's very hard to find an actual top organization uh, there's a lot of, like, side organizations, like the Rockefeller organization. Uh, today, I could think of, you know, the a big one that's in control of all the central banks currently is the Financial Stability Board, the Group of 30. Uh, I, I could think of, uh, you know, the uh, Rhodes Scholar organizations. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, the Council Forum Related. There's so many of them, but these organizations that are, uh, you know, uh, kind of like they have even intermingled uh, members, but when you go and look at a lot of these organizations, also they were started by prior uh, earlier organizations. Like for example, the G30 uh, group, which is a part of, uh, which has all the top central bankers, all the uh, chairs of all the banks, and top economists. They were actually started by the uh, a guy from the Rockefeller uh, Foundation. And so, so, you actually see, you know, the, the the whole movement. And then I actually learned today, guys. I, I was listening to the radio. Uh, in the middle of nowhere, I can't get cell connections. so I was listening to the radio. I actually learned that a guy from the Rockefeller Foundation was the guy that laid the foundation for all the socialism that we have today, all the programs here in Canada. So uh, there you go. You know, it's 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 very you know how intriguing how actually these guys are you know into networking and they're very very good at networking with people oh, yeah. and <laughs> and sort of setting up these networks. Uh, you know, I've been a part and I've been a part of you know with. Um, girode griffin you know with freedom force international so i i learned a lot about the structures and and ed is trying to you know structure our organization so we are doing the same things in sinister ways to you know counteract and fight the, the the other guys that are trying to you know put this forward but you know it's it's very interesting because i, I don't know like i i feel like uh, people feel, you know, uh, helpless by, you know, not not being able to, you know, do anything. A lot of people say that, oh, well, we got to fight them at the, you know, going into government and into office. But I'm I'm in the uh, I'm in the booth that, you know, uh, we got to make them obsolete. We got to build other uh, systems that, you know, suddenly we we don't need them anymore. And uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, actually reading a little bit of uh, in your book there, Charlie, you know, especially the end of it, you know, it's all about the solutions of what we need to. You know do in order to accomplish getting away from this massive control grid that they created
2: yeah yeah it's the it's the key is to it, first of all acknowledging that we're part of this horrible system it's not our fault we've been born into it it's our it's the way we view the world and it's tough it's tough to break out of that you're it's tough to break out of it with your currency or the way you think or turning off your mainstream media i mean maybe that's not too hard to do but but for a lot of people to break out of this paradigm and they're they're thinking well if we could only fix this current system that we have, it's like the system was built by people that don't want the same things that you and I want. The system itself is bullshit. The system needs to come down. Like you said, build a different system. And then you'll attract people that way, make them obsolete. That works better than, than trying to get in and fix their broken system you're just working on a used car at that point a used car that's been that's been beat up for the last hundred years with the fuel of fiat currency and been driven around by a maniac with no, you know not never getting the oil changed you know and just you and you're like why don't i just get a different car you know why, why don't i just do something different and it, but it's tough and you see cryptocurrency coming onto the scene and potentially being a way to break away from that from the the fiat currency trap, and not to say that that all cryptocurrencies are created equal. You guys know way more about that than I do, but 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 that's an idea, that's a concept for that. You know, get finding a way to get rid of the the mainstream corporate media. I mean, if twenty twenty taught us anything, uh, and I don't think it's breaking news for you, for, for the three of us, or or for anybody listening to this, frankly, but it's that the mainstream media is just totally and utterly full of it they are not telling you the truth they are pathological liars they have an agenda they don't care i mean if i mean we're watching riots we're watching riots on tv and they're saying peaceful protests and it's like do you think that i'm that stupid and the answer of course is yes they think that we're all that stupid yeah. they Probably do those and,
0: bricks just happen to be outside of those major areas right <laughs> yes yes
2: Yes, yes. Just just the Acme bricks. I mean, straight out of Roadrunner and Coyote, too. You know the fact that it was from the Acme Brick f- company. Just huh. how do we I mean, like we have to take a step back and like look around and like am I am I being punked here? Like is this a joke cuz it it has to be, right? This it's 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 impossible for you guys to be you people in the media to be constantly lying to us about everything and yet they are and people are still watching them so that is that is confusing to me but 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 i think there is
0: some optimism here and i and i do want to talk about some solutions because especially you know my main man ernest hancock and has been on this for a very long time and then you know and if he was here we'd have to take a drink but ipfs interplanetary file sharing (laughs) it's a system where these people are going to wish that they didn't fuck with us uh, because what's going to happen now is instead of being on your controlled Facebook, or your controlled YouTube, or all your other enemy platforms. In the future, and this is definitely not parlor, but in the future, there's going to be platforms that they're not gonna be able to censor, they're not gonna be able to stop. And then if these social media networks can then embed someone's own individual IPF server, let's say we each have our own server nodes, and let's say it goes out to all of our fans, and all of a sudden now we've got, you know, thousands of different nodes of people who have a little bit of information, and there's incentives to have that information out there just besides getting the information out there, which would be nice if. If people would just be nice and do it on their own, like like Ernie has done for you know World of Turn Media. All of our stuff got backed up. All of uh, you know We Are Change got backed up. All of you know Derek Bros, Larkin and Rose, uh, Press for Truth. Yeah. I mean, basically he made a hit list of all the people that just got banned uh, who are over there. But this, but what they're going to be able to do is create a system. they're not going to be able to stop us in the future but unfortunately we're gonna have to go through a dark period because the average person doesn't want to hear this they're not concerned about it you know a dark winter they just told told you to get (laughs) to get on parlor because that's the that's the you know the answer to all this stuff when it's so frustrating when a guy like me who was arguably the first person on facebook to call the left fake news and got you know you know, hammered for doing so on, you know, and you know, over ninety-nine point nine nine percent, you know, reach reduction on Facebook because of that. Thank you very much. That uh, people just weren't on the ball and they thought, you know, MAGA, 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 and it's this is gonna be a mandate and it's gonna be a red wave and we don't need to worry about blockchain voting. That's another thing, not that voting actually matters, but it especially doesn't matter when your vote doesn't even count. And it also especially doesn't matter when your vote technically doesn't count because you have electors who are the ones who make the vote anyways, and then you get two crappy choices both times, and yeah, crappy choice. Donald Trump is much better than, you know, Satan, Hillary Clinton. And, and I was willing to, you know, give into the system for that one. But then immediately saw, and this really strikes to the heart of everything, is that did you guys see who, and I think I may have, I may have told John this already, but Charlie, did you see who, uh, what's his name, uh, Biden's Federal Reserve governor potential pick is?
1: yeah we talked about that actually no uh well, not no, 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 no,
0: you john i'm asking charlie the guests so have you, have yeah. you seen mm-hmm. who the potential pick is no we we're talking treasury secretary before this is yeah. Federal reserve governor
2: federal reserve governor yeah. i don't know lloyd Blankfein. <laughs>
0: jerome fucking powell the same person so so i mean it just goes oh. to show you that that <laughs> donald trump picks jerome powell and Joe and Joe Biden picked Jerome Powell and I left the Trump train <laughs> the day he picked Jerome Powell and all the maga people are like yeah. oh you're not smart enough to you know Trump is definitely knows more than you chess. when it comes to this and you know 5D chess and they picked the I same guy I guess Biden guy. they
1: hey, picked Biden the same is playing guy. 5D chess now we're going to have a we're going to have w or something coming out uh, and it's going to be the democrat conspiracy uh yeah. just wake us <laughs> and this is <laughs> the this banks, is this the is banks great. run the world did you see the speaking of banks
0: run the world there was a, a yahoo finance article uh, it came out a couple days ago. I'm gonna get this on screen for you guys uh, who who are uh, watching this right now. But it says central bankers seek new role in a brave new world. This is literally the title of the <laughs> finance article. So I mean, they, these guys like don't even go about even trying to you know hide any of this stuff. I mean, it's just all out there. Uh, but I don't know. What do you have to say about any, any of dark, that? Uh, dark MS, winter.
2: Dark yeah, winter. I did, this is this is to be expected. I mean, Citigroup picked Obama's cabinet. Um no. w- What what? Do we, Larry
0: Larry Summers, I mean, was also the guy that was, you know, responsible for getting rid of Glass-Steagall, which, you know, separated investment banking from retail banking underneath Clinton. And yet, you know, Bush, not that I think, I think Bush is a war criminal, but not to defend him, but he got the blame for what ultimately was unraveled under, uh, under the
1: uh, uh, what you call it, the uh, Clinton Yeah, deregulation during Clinton. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I have big problems. You know, I, I I think Bill Clinton is the one of the worst presidents in the history of the, of 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 the uh, of the country because he did those things. He 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 his omnibus crime bill that he put together with Joe Biden put black people in prison on disproportionately long prison stretches for things like crack super, cocaine super
0: predators actually versus
2: <laughs> powdered cocaine. Yeah. They, 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 you know, you'd get a five times longer sentence for crack cocaine because it was considered a black drug, which is awful and super predators. And and he was <laughs> instrumental in the, in the building of the private prison industry uh, beca- and, and use that omnibus crime bill to fill the private prisons. He deregulated wall street with, you know, r- with the, um, you know, ending Glass-Steagall, he um, he he uh, broke or he uh, got rid of the telecommunications um, uh, act that uh, allowed all of the consolidation inside the media companies and, and allowed them to grow from fifty down to into just five, which control all of our news. I mean, Bill Clinton did some really reprehensible things, but we talk about this in the book where it's like. It's like lighting a fuse that has a 25 year, it's like a 25 year long fuse. When you pass the laws, they, they sound not good, but you don't really see any of it. You don't really see the repercussions of it. It takes kind of a while to play out like NAFTA, you know, when you're when you're outsourcing all of the the factories to to other countries. You know it's going to be bad, but you don't really feel the pain. But now, 25 years later, oh, we feel the pain. I mean, it has gutted the middle class, and these things have have catastrophic effects. And so, when you talk about like uh, pre-weakening the building, as we do in in this book, you got to you have to talk about these policies that have been put into place that, that that set this this time bomb on the economy or socially too. And um and so we have people we have people that are just now getting out of prison on 25 year stretch you know t- 25 year uh, mandatory sentences under bill clinton's laws that are just coming out now think about that he passed and our friend in our good United.
0: friend kingsley edwards dad is still in prison after 26 yeah. years and a 60 year sentence for having 500 of coke on him 26 years ago it's and bullshit they, yeah i mean so you know whether or not you know he's an angel. That's, you know, not to be, you know, doesn't really matter, but 26 years. And even if you're a conservative, there's nothing conservative about taking my money and using that to spend to jail somebody else. So how about, I mean, so now the conservatives are communists. So you want to go take my money to go put that person in jail, even though it was Bill Clinton and, and George H.W. Bush, you know, sneaking in all the coke into the country, controlling it through the CIA and MENA, Arkansas. And, you know, yeah. it's just it's so frustrating. This
2: It's so know, having- hypocritical, too. And we know yeah. it. We, we we feel it. We We, we see the hypocrisy. That's the most frustrating thing. It's one thing that the system's rigged against us. But it's like the people that created the system, you know, that that put these policies into place, like you're talking about Bill Clinton with the omnibus crime bill and this just targeting a black community, that is bad enough. The fact that Bill Clinton was instrumental in the bringing in of, of massive, literally plane loads of cocaine into the country. Oh, the hypocrisy with these people is what makes it so much more frustrating. Yeah. And people are waking up to it. I mean, it, I don't know that they're ever going to actually do something about it. But, but I mean, we we should we have to remember these things. And 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 so the structural uh, flaws in the system have been baked in for a very long time. And some of them some of them happen quickly. And but most of them take time to develop. And and where we are right now, you know, a lot of the the models that these maniacs were running simulations about um had 2020 as the starting year for a lot of chaos and right on schedule we we've, we've got chaos and i'm not sure that now do you think that they that it ramped, ramped it up
0: faction? because of Trump so so let's say you know because originally i thought you know Trump basically threw a gigantic monkey wrench into all their plans and he wasn't necessarily part of the plan but that didn't mean that he was a good guy either he was just a guy to take down you know Hillary Clinton and that whole crime regime but, do you think the no, globalist- but he created it. He
1: created a perfect kind of like he's setup where now out. he's setting he said, set, but he's setting everybody, you know, the people that actually were awake that but weren't awake enough to listen to what we have to say, but they were awake enough that, you know, they knew how corrupt, you know, Clinton and everything was so they got set up on the one side and then you have the other side, uh, you know, where, you uh, uh, where the liberals are getting set up uh, as well, so they're just really like are just fighting both against each other to create an instability in the country, and, and that's what they want. That's why they have this you know uh, whole uh, chaos in the in the election now. My point of view uh, is that 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 would be highly beneficial for them to have an uh, insta- uh, unstable you know economy, having people against each other because if you divide people, it's so much easier to control. Uh, you know the 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 nation that you have set up for yourself
2: yeah and our and our premise in this um, in this book is that for the people that call themselves the new world order not our term for them their term for themselves (laughs) they talk about that all the time um, they can't have an existing superpower stand in their way of a one world government so the empire you know the the big Threats have to go. It started with the Soviet Union back in 91, and they got rid of them in, in some very similar fashions, dragged them into an unwinnable war in Afghanistan for 10 years. We've doubled that. Uh, had cur- their currency manipulated, people lost all trust in their media, Pravda, which was just notorious propaganda. The criminals inside the government were looting it at an unprecedented rate, and the oligarchs came in and finished off the job. So we're experiencing a lot of the same things that happened in the destabilization of the Soviet Union. And Jeff and I aren't suggesting that America is over, but the American Empire is over, much in the way that yeah. the Soviet Union lost at Belarus and Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia, lost all. The those satellite countries and just prioritize mother russia that's the same sort of scenario that we could foresee with with the american empire you lose your thousand military bases around the world you lose you get depegged as the world's reserve currency your your petrodollar scam yeah. comes apart and next thing you know you've lost the ability to control through your uh, through the you know the Swift uh, banking system policy, yeah. through sanctions, through all these dirty tricks that America has been using on the rest of the world to keep them in line and keep them doing the things they want them to do, as our grip uh, loosens, those things go away, and then the priority becomes all right. Well, we have to save um, the United States and not worry about so much the empire. But that's that's where we are, and it's hard for people to it's hard for people to acknowledge that and to see that. And if Trump mm-hmm. is brought in, you know, if if Trump was brought in to be the divider, the great divider, then and he's played that role to a T the only thing that could make him an even better divider would be if this voting uh situation goes through the courts and it swings back to him and he gets re-elected yeah. well it has happened
1: left. before right it, it has uh, happened Gore. before yeah but, Gore. But,
2: but but it would <laughs> be happen. even better
0: it'd be he'd be in a better
2: actor if he doesn't
0: even know that he's the divider I think that would be so I don't necessarily think that he's all part of the plan but I think they've used him to expedite the plan and be able to sneak things through like he snuck in yeah. through more gun control than even obama did but oh you know well bump stocks don't matter so you know not that i'm a, a, you know saying the bump stocks really matter anyways but that's not the point the point is we i don't
1: want a single uh, regulation on guns let alone Adding to the gun right. No, away. but that's why i need those events. Look at what happened here in Canada with the Nova Scotia shootings. They just basically banned all the se- most of the semi-automatic weapons and made them, uh, you know, restricted not ownable. I I got a gun license in 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 Canada, and of course they made a whole bunch of guns now illegal to own here here in Canada with you know the new push. But that happened with a guy. Uh, that had two RCMP cars in his garage that he made himself, apparently. Uh, and he was actually caught going to a place where informants for the RCMP usually go. The, that's the uh, kind of FBI here in Canada, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. But he actually went there to this location and were grabbing cash out of there. Uh, and then suddenly he just goes and shoots up 23 people, burns down a whole bunch of houses. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we had a gun ban like right after that as, uh, you know,
2: clockwork. Just like Port Arthur in, in yeah. Tasmania, with that. So they, 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 they. Problem, reaction, solution, you yeah. to death here. And they get, the, they, they know where they want to go. They want to restrict your rights. So they create a problem, manufacture the reaction, or the, the public has the reaction, then they offer up the solution. And the solution is gun control or banning bump stocks or banning long, you know, high capacity. Yeah. And it's whatever. Incre- incremental, it's in, yeah. incremental approach to it. And, and it works much better there. And then it doesn't have that added a uh, detriment of like shocking the system and waking everybody up. If they did, if they said today, we're going to ban all guns in the United States, it'd be out Yeah, good luck with that, yeah. But exactly. they just do it. They yeah. do bump stocks first, then they wait a while. Then they do the capacity, you know, high capacity clips. Then they do something else. Then they do shotguns, then they do rifles. Then they, you know, I mean, it just, it's all, it's all a next black thing guns, you know, you're, you're lumped. are guns you're,
0: matter, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, you're the UK
2: where yeah. you're stabbing each, uh, each other. So if they think they're going to stop the violence, <laughs> then just turn on your, your BBC news and watch all the stabbings that are going Uh, on. I mean, we're violent savages. We're going to, we're going to want to kill each other, no matter what, we'll find a way to do it. So, um, but this is, this is the fuckery that goes on at the highest levels of government. These people are smart. I mean, not all, not all the people in government are smart, but the people above them are smart and they have a strategy and it works very well. And they, they use it. They, they, they use every, uh, every tool that they have at their disposal the mainstream media is a huge component of that. So that's why it's really important for people to turn off their television, or at least if you've got it on, just watch to hear what the narrative is that they're trying to sell you and then know that you, you have to do something different. Obviously, you're if you're and watching whatever this, they're trying to sell yeah. you on
0: is almost always universally bad. I mean almost, I mean yeah. I would say 99% of the time it's bad and so or they're going to you know and like Fox News for instance, I've always said that I've always thought they were the most dangerous because MSNBC is obviously, you know, full of crap, CNN obviously full of crap and everything, you know, ABC, you know, you know, obviously they're all full of crap, but Fox News, for a lot of Republicans, the people that kind of get, you know, a lot of what we're saying, not obviously not all of it, but they think, oh, man, look at this. And, and then at the last second, they judascoach you to the wrong conclusion. And it's sort of like what Google does is they know what you're thinking because they have the aggregate of all the all the basic knowledge that there is. They see where, where humanity is going and then they're able to kind of you know steer that ship, you know, a few degrees to get them in a different direction and then mm-hmm. the, the other uh, i think main thing that they use is it's sort of like an you know bond when you've got you know two different piranhas fighting each other and so you know the, the people at the top look at the left and right as the two piranhas fighting each other they wait till the piranhas you know are both weakened and they swoop in with their solution which is always to give them more power enrich them they don't care if it's socialism or or communism or fascism or any ism, as long as it's an ism yeah Cause, yeah, because yeah. at the very <laughs> top, there are the, a few people controlling everything and it never works out well for anybody, it's especially, you know, gays and minorities and, and the same people that are clamoring for all this government central control while at the same time saying Trump is Hitler, but we should give up our guns to Trump. And so because, you know, we only want Hitler to have the guns, you know, in this type of example. And so it's so crazy. It's so ludicrous and uh it's just at what point are people going to realize because the same people who are clamoring for this stuff they're the first ones usually to go like in uh you know just look at you know several different you know examples of of countries where the currency collapsed. and it seems like we were on a one now now charlie what do you think is going to be the first kind of leg to drop you know, when we know that the control demulation is real, I mean, obviously, we're probably well underway right now. But yeah. you know, do you think it's going to be the currency is going to be the big thing? Or do you see a war is going to be first? And, and then that way they can blame the currency drop on the war and not like the systemic problems that were there all along?
2: I, yeah. I, well, well then- I think. <laughs> I thought I thought Deutsche Bank was actually going to be the the first domino. I thought in terms of from a financial component, it still might be, but Deutsche Bank. Who's
0: who's that? Have we ever talked about Deutsche Bank, John?
1: (laughs) Well, Baffin is propping them up, though. That's the problem in the the German government, like Baffin being the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, just in Germany. Yeah, so they're not going to let it go uh, by first. They're going to do whatever it takes. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, the, it, it, but but it, that's that contagion where everything is con- connected to one another. Where if if a Deutsche Bank or or, or Chase or whatever you pick the bank, City City Group goes goes under, it doesn't just affect them; it affects everybody else. They're all holding each other's derivatives, and you know they're all interconnected. I mean, if you if one goes, theoretically, they could pull each other all down. Although it didn't happen that way in two thousand and eight with with Lehman Brothers, but 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 it very well could because of the the derivative component of it now but but I, you know there w- the coronavirus situation yeah. stepped in and offered them the perfect cover for for all of this now anything that happens um can be blamed on that and an inanimate you know like a like a a faceless object that doesn't it's not anybody you know you can't blame anybody it's just nature it's just oh bad luck we got this we got this virus and it and it
0: Stupid and it killed that killed people. In Wuhan, that, you know. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's yeah. oh, it's the Chinese. It's the Chinese fault. You know, then that's yeah. you know, you see that demonization of China. Um, so it's it it's the perfect cover story because now the banks can you know aren't going to get blamed for their role in 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 screwing up the economy, which they were well on their way of blowing up before this Corona situation hit. Oh, yeah. But now well, a, anything any so a couple things happen. First of all, it's the perfect cover story to blame. Everything that you've ever done wrong on this yeah. corona situation, that's it. And, and but then oh, Chicago, they also
0: Chicago bonds to be bailed out. And like they were, you know, tw- the Chicago pension system <laughs> was 23% funded, you know, a year and a half ago. But oh, now it's because of COVID that we need to go do something. Yeah.
2: yeah. So they're going to, they're going, they're going to use that. And then it also is the perfect uh, new excuse for all these psychopaths in government to roll out any sort of crazy dystopian idea they had had before that would never be accepted or get passed. Now they can see, they take a look at it again and see if they can spin that in a way to incorporate virus protection in it, or, or we have to do this or else the virus will get us. And so now they have a whole new avenue of of, of ways to lie to you and, and introduce and roll out some new programs. Like as an, a prime example, contact tracing. Mm-hmm think that we would have accepted that in february when we're all in mexico and they said well we have to have contract tracing before you get on this plane get the fuck out of here with that i'm not doing that um but now it's it's going to be rolled out and who negotiated the deal with with congress um a summer before that bill gates did you know, a hundred billion dollar contact tracing deal that he that he negotiated in the summer of 2019. What a coincidence! It's almost like he knew it was coming, right? So they they've got this setup where um, they can now. In, at least reconsider all of their worst dystopian dreams that they had uh, for how to enslave humanity and yeah, go cashless. Yeah. yeah. Cashless society for sure. Universal basic income. Oh, well now we have the excuse to roll it out, you know, Fed coin or whatever. I mean, it's all coming. And, and, and this, and the tech component of it is, it's probably the most dangerous too, because we're all like, you know, we're having this great conversation on zoom and we're able to connect. And so technology isn't it a great yeah, they've thing they've taken down well, people's yeah, zoom but...
0: meetings before there was some yeah. professor that someone didn't like because there were more and i think they were trying to expose some of you know the contact tracing or the coronavirus stuff and they just shut him down and, uh, and, and that brings it to another point that my grandpa made today, he's like, Timmy, he's like, are you honestly saying that there's monetary things has to do with the coronavirus? Cause you know, that's just completely, you know, crazy. He's like, like, what is the fed and what is all these digital currencies,
1: uh, you know, talking about, what does that have to do with, with, uh, with the coronavirus? Itself? Hey, who, who wrote that back in 2016, you know, the curse of cash, Kenneth Rogoff, he had a big chapter on, you know, uh, bacterias and viruses spreading through cash. Well, there was his agenda, you know. Just came into fruition very fast. You know, they were very fast out to try to scare people to use cash. Like in a lot, of, in a lot of stores here in Canada, you know, you have. Uh, it's like we would highly prefer if you use uh, uh, if you use you know a credit card or a debit card if you care about other people. But you can still give your uh, like here we have an Air Miles card for uh, rewards points. You could still give that to the cashier, but. <laughs>
2: You've been sticking your dirty credit card and every and all these other slides. Yeah. So what's the difference? You know what I mean? It's it's like they come up with the agenda. Yeah. And then they work backwards to figure out how to do it. So it's like the agenda is like the world economic forum, great reset agenda, you know, cashless society, universal basic income, AI, self-driving cars, vaccine, mandatory vaccines, contact tracing, all this stuff. Okay. These are the things we want to do. How do we do it? Okay. Well, for UBI or for cashless society, we have to make people scared of cash. How do we do that? We talk about viruses on cash. Okay, good. So they just come up with these, they're trying to get to from A to Z and then they just work their way backwards and, and, and out. Out one by one, but with the Corona situation, it gave them it it opened up this option a a sea of possibilities to them in a variety of different industries. So they could tackle. uh, You know, you you would think it would only be medical related, but it's not. It's technology. It's it's banking is involved in this. Transportation is involved in it. You know, smart cities are involved. I mean, they're they're every kind of component of uh, the world economic uh, well society in general is now being viewed again through the lens of coronavirus and so so there it's it is in a sense the perfect storm and 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 let's remember that uh we might have not been paying attention about this in 2017 i know i wasn't but uh fauci said in 2017 that donald trump was going to be experiencing a a pandemic and during his presidency it's almost like once again it's almost like they knew it was coming wow what a surprise you know well i went to a
1: one you know, I, event two oh one.
2: And if Bill Gates knew all this shit was coming, how come he didn't already have
0: the C D C you know, you know, stockpiling masks and warning people, hey, you know, you should at least have, you know, this much food or this much mask or I guess, in hindsight, having some toilet paper. I mean, what did he do besides trying to make different plays to make a bunch of money off of this? Did he actually do to try to prevent this other than, than, you know... And he's also, like, the perfect guy because everyone thinks that, like, the enemy is going to be this, uh, you know, some guy like Hitler or Napoleon or someone, you know, riding in a white horse. But but with but they want to have these geeks you know wearing purple socks and and rainbow colored this and talking really effeminate because it gets people's guards down they're like oh that guy is just some nerd and we're not going to have to worry about <laughs> him when it's like when it's these people who are the most dangerous because they're trying to cloak themselves like a guy like Ted yeah. Cook for instance Oh, he's just, you know, a really nice, you know, gay guy that runs Apple. When meanwhile, that guy's like one of the most ruthless guys there is. And then they have this whole like green, liberal, trendy, you know, appeal to them. But they're anything but green. They're anything but liberal. And they're one of the most, you know, ruthless, cutthroat, yeah. capitalist well, co- companies that are out there. Sorry, John.
1: Yeah, no, I, I look at the security industry. I work in the security industry. And what the, the big push is now that they're trying to get everybody to use, it came out in, uh, I, I think it was around April, uh, it came out they launched a massive lineup of thermal cameras so now you're gonna uh, potentially see like when you have the all, all the stadiums and everywhere airports everything open reopen upping and they're gonna have thermal cameras on top of the metal detectors that is equipment that they have and then of course there's a ton of thermal actually cameras that won't even allow you to get into the office so it would just be like oh you can't have access into uh, getting into even the building if you have a high uh too high temperature so that well, is what what's coming that's what they're actually pushing uh out to the the, the sales people trying to get this going because remember back in you know the, you were talking about the planned demolition look at what came out through the security industry in in 2001 they just had you know naked body scanners metal the, every, mm-hmm. everything just came out right away uh and, and that's what you have again now okay. where they ha- also have facial recognition and all this stuff coming uh into fruition, where they're trying to bring it and and you know like uh, kind of slowly push it on to the the western public through uh, you know uh, different systems that I look at and they are doing you know pieces on you know how great it could be to have you know um, uh, recognition uh, facial recognition cameras in schools and in public mm-hmm. places and so on this is really getting pushed hard now uh, and of course it is uh, you know uh, very like especially with the thermal cameras and then you know all the algorithms attached to it they're really like trying to push that with uh, you know of course COVID it's uh, you know another great way of doing it
2: well and I I went through I was in China in Shanghai in 2005 and uh, I was traveling from I'd been there for a couple like a week and I was traveling from Shanghai to Hong Kong uh, with this group of people we were on a work trip and we were in the airport in Shanghai and I didn't feel good I I the whole the night before I just I just was I don't know if it was food poisoning or whatever I just didn't feel good but we had to make the the trip I was good enough to I could deal with it you know so we're going down this hallway in in we it's like sort of like a I don't know if it was uh if we had already gone through security or not I can't remember but it kind of funneled you down into like this main you know like a like a bigger wider hallway kind of narrowed you down and you had to go through this turnstile and they had these big, kind of like satellite dishes you know those heaters you ever get a heater and it's like round and you plug it in and it glows red and uh they had two of those on either side and i was like what is this and as i got closer i could i could see that it was thermal cameras and they were scanning everybody to see if anybody had a fever because it was bird flu uh, that they were going through there. And I was like, Oh shit. At first thing I goes through my head is total recall. Of course. So I was like, you know, two weeks, you know, you're trying to get through this thing and and they're all looking at you and I was like, shit, man, I'm going to have to, you know, go total recall wrap a wet towel around my head so I can get through this. And I thought they're going to put me in like a, you know, quarantine me for, three weeks to make sure i don't have bird flu or anything so that technology in china was there 15 years ago when i was there i i I made it through i was fine i don't i don't know if it worked very well back then or not i certainly had a fever but that's what they were doing and when you walk through i could see on the monitor we were all glow glowing like predator you know yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly yeah it's scary so that is that's definitely the way they want to take us, and and unfortunately, they're you know we in 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 the West, the the maniacs running our 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 system here are looking at China, their dystopian social credit system model that they're mm-hmm. rolling out, and instead of being horrified by it, they're going, I like what you guys have done here. Let's see if we can export it to the United States because at their core, they want control over all of us, um, monetary control. Physical control, you know, I wrote about all these control mechanisms in my, in my octopus book, eight different types of control They they want 360 degree control around us at all times. So, um, so, so what are we going to do? Are we going to take it? I mean, we acknowledge, we know that it's coming. We see it rolling out. Uh, it's just a matter of, are we going to just passively accept it? Or are we going to draw a line in the sand and stand up and and, and do something about it?
1: Yeah, look at look at Norway. I just uh, recently posted an article from Norway uh, that, you know, it was a Russian girl that came in from Russia uh, in Norway. Now you have to have 10 days of quarantining and you have to prove that you like when you get there, you get a test. And then but where they put people, they put them in a hotel without a fridge, without nothing, nothing to cook or anything on. And so they're stuck there. And actually what happens is the police comes to the gate and then follows you all the way to the hotel. Uh, to quarantine you uh, in Norway. So, uh, uh, you know, the dystopianness, and of course, Norway is is, is not the best place. Uh, you know, I moved away from Norway. Norway's put up as a, you know, another thing that, you know, is up on a pedestal a social heaven. Uh, but Norway has, you know, severe issues with mass amounts of debt, uh, huge dependency on, uh, on oil and all these problems, and a very t- totalitarian uh, government, you know, that uh, have full control over, how much money you make almost at any time. But interestingly enough, though, what happens when you put in those really heavy control measures? Norway is also number four in the world of a black market uh, workforce. Uh, So there you see, you know, like as soon as you put in those heavy control measures, you know, it's uh, like we're talking about currencies failing. You know, back in Zimbabwe in 2008, they put in heavy, you know, they made gold and silver illegal by death if you used it in a transaction, but everybody used it. Because who would take a worthless, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, dollar, the Zimbabwean dollar, because it was so bad, you know, it started uh, when they put out the hundred trillion dollar Zimbabwe bill, you know, uh, the first uh, time it came out, it bought you two for a bear. Well, about two weeks later, it bought you two bears. Um, So who would actually accept that? But, you know, they made it illegal by death if you used another medium of exchange. (laughs) uh meanwhile they, they had yeah no they, they never learn it and i think that this is going to be control measures being put out but i think the way we're going to actually get away with it and, and it was also in your book is that stop you know doing things stop participating in the systems create your own separate entities that you could actually work around uh these these measures because if you don't you know uh, that control grid is going to enslave you and put you in prison forever like look at what they done in in china with you know all uh, religions for example you don't like or hate religions but in, in china you know they came after uh, you know uh, the buddhists they, they came after the christians they came after the muslims you know muslim Uyghur muslims up in uh, up in the southwest uh, no south yeah south uh, no, northwest, northwest there yeah they're they're actually you know putting probably in could have made caps. up anything
0: and nobody would have known where, where it <laughs> was <laughs> you
1: know, exactly no it's but it's it's interesting so you have all these measures and now of course like you everybody seems to be very loving of china and and how they've done, but especially with the one belt, one rope. But what's interesting though is China is using a very similar tactic used by the International Monetary Fund, and it's used through the AIIB, the uh, Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, uh, which is just basically borrowing uh, money to you know uh, corrupt countries, creating, but actually they're smart though, because they're creating a little bit of infrastructure for the people. And then of course they take other infrastructure as collateral and when they can't pay, they take that, you know, and Z- uh, Zambia recently, they took, you know, the, uh, the biggest hydro dam and they took the airport uh, as collateral that they couldn't pay their loan. Uh, so they're using all these measures, you know, it's like a loan shark going out and, and borrowing money to somebody that they know can't pay it. And then they just strip you of all assets that you own. Um, so, so they just do these measures and, and there's no, um, Uh, no control that the only way you could stop these guys is by not participating. Basically. I I think that's the only way out. And I think that's what your book is uh, you know, uh, mentioning at the end is like, if we, if we do, you know, we can complain as much as we want on these systems, but if we do still participate in those systems heavily, you know, we're enabling them.
2: Yeah. And, and I was inspired to write my first book because of John Perkins book, confessions of an economic hitman and he talks about how the imf and world bank go around making these loans to countries like ecuador to get them to build a hydroelectric power plant that they know isn't going to pencil out and they agree to it and they build this thing they fall behind on their payments and then like a loan shark they go to ecuador and they say you owe us a bunch of money you can't pay it uh but we'll we'll work it out we'll let you you know sell off your ports to our buddies or privatize your lumber industry or vote our way in a u.n resolution or some Put a military u.s military base there's some oh, shitty deal
1: yeah. i uh, sorry to interrupt you i got one yep. other thing you know remember how um uh the leaker uh you know julian assange got put in prison well guess what happened uh a week before he was taken by out of the ecuadorian embassy well ecuador got a massive imf loan
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like they paid yeah. paid him off it's like they bought him yeah 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 Yeah, that's what they do. So that, that woke me up to the scam of using. So I had always believed, or I'd always thought that the only way that you could take over other countries was through force. And what I, what I realized after reading Perkins book is that you can do it through debt as well. In fact, it's bloodless if you do it that, I mean, it's still painful, but, but it, it, you can enslave a country, you can take over a country in a, in a, in a, a soft coup that way, where, where you, you, you control them in a way they fall into debt with you and then they have to do what you say, or else you put the screws to them or, or you invade them, <laughs> you know, or or that about-
1: or you fund rebel groups. Like for example, I, I just recently it was last week. Yeah. Last week I talked to a guy. Uh, he's a, an entrepreneur here from uh, that lives in Winnipeg. Uh, but what interesting, he's actually, he is from El Salvador. Um And and there, of course, they had the Iran-Contra. And he remembered as a little kid, you know, seeing the U.S. military and everybody coming in, I actually was telling me about how his uh, grandfather was taken uh, to CIA bases and then get trained and then, you know, shipped back again into the country. So, you know, it's very clear that they use these tactics in in order to then, you know, uh, stir up stuff. And and then, uh, you know, if the rebellions or something doesn't happen, uh, you know, then they and suddenly, you know, uh, you die in an airplane or something like that.
2: Yep. Yep. And that's what Perkins wrote about Jaime yeah. Roldos and and General Trujillo both blew up in airplanes after rejecting the you yeah. know, they say first first they first Perkins comes in to do the negotiating and yeah, the bike club. If you don't go for it, then then they uh threaten a regime change operation, then the jackals come in. That's pretty cold. And and when that happens. Um, you get on an airplane and your airplane blows up. And in fact, both of those guys blew up within three months of each other. So I mean, it, it, it happened
0: to like one of the senators or one of the people out of Alaska, who was, yeah. you know, criticizing yeah. stuff. I know even that the one lady who certified that Obama was born in, in, um, she and, and, uh, actually, I, mean, I really, I, actually, I really do think he was born in, in Hawaii, and that was a smokescreen for something else. But that's a whole nother, whole nother topic. But anyways, yeah, she, the lady that certified it, then she mysteriously died in a plane crash with the only person that died in the plane crash. And then, yeah. uh, and also it gets back to the career of the Federal Reserve System, Paul Warburg said, We shall have a one world government it's only a matter through consent or conquest and what they realize is it's better to get people to beg for it than it is to jam it down their throat so if you make 30 million people unemployed you're getting everyone who's you know at the hand of the government teeth that needs uh you know all this subsistence just to get by now and and they're struggling and they're in a lot of you know pain you know economically and you know basically just all the way around and they're going to beg for help and the help comes from the government, and so it's like Harry Brown says, government, someone that you know breaks your legs and give you a crutch. So the government makes all these people unemployed, <laughs> f's ever f's everything up, and then people are now saying, oh, we need to do something. Well, that something is, oh, we've got a you know, we can't give out cash because that's bad. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a central bank, t- you know, Fed dollar, which actually the first $1,200 payment was supposed to be through a Fed dollar. And then that's going to go onto an app on your phone. You can just download it. And we saw in China and Shenzhen, just like a couple of weeks ago, they
1: had some sort of yeah. scheme where you know, was the water, opportunity,
0: yeah. to, the yeah. opportunity to win thirty dollars, ooh, which I got you know. Well, it was, was
1: genius. It was genius, though, when you think about the implementation of it. You know, uh, Tim. Uh, one other thing came to my mind uh, when we talked about you know Obama and so on. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew, but little minion uh, of someone over here, uh, best buddy of uh, Justin Trudeau, that tried to infiltrate my party actually did so and destroyed my party. Uh, he was telling me how you know uh, he was very proud about this that you know the uh, obama uh campaign was brought over to canada to run trudeau's campaign and you know what changed it was it went from well, uh did, did change Trudeau, did Trudeau no. take his
0: blackface off i mean is that what changed <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it went from change to real change that was the two different slogans uh, and of course you know you so you just see how these guys are intermingling uh in you know, on a global base, and of course you know uh uh, uh, probably Trudeau's got paid dad. like
0: five million dollars for that like market <laughs> research analysis. All right, we're gonna add the word "real" in front of "change." All right, well, that'll be. $5 well, million. you know, you
1: know what's funny? That the, the two guys that have screwed up the the Canadian economy completely. It was Pierre Trudeau, his dad, uh, and then now uh, Justin Trudeau. Uh, they were the ones that you know implemented extreme amounts of debts. Like it's just beyond comprehension. Like I, we increased the Canadian um, debt here. Uh, with, you know, uh, 300%, no, uh, with uh, 60% uh, just in, you know, six months. And and so what's interesting is also what they did here in Canada is that they um, paid out $600 million in a bailout to mainstream media outlets. uh, and, And they actually created a list of trusted media here in Canada. Of course, me and Josh weren't on that list. (laughs) <laughs> what a surprise yeah,
0: yeah. Talking, now one thing I did want to bring up to Charlie and we see like this this dystopic world that we're entering right now is and I'm sure you probably saw this but you know Ticketmaster slash Live Nation the other day said to get into one of their concerts you're going to have to have an app on your phone that then somehow proves that within the last three days you had a coronavirus negative test in order to get into a concert or a sporting event and wasn't think- a vaccine though yeah, but, they, but no, it was about, this one was specifically about a negative test result, but I'm sure a vaccine would be a part of that as well, just, to, this, just that's not out yet. But do you think that that's something that you see, you know, what do you think the odds of something like that getting implemented, or do you think that people might rebel at that point, or people might say, hell with it, I'm not going to the concert, and then we get to see, you know, Hollywood and all these singers and all these sports stars maybe start losing yeah. money, and, and then maybe things changing, or what's sort of your outlook or analysis on you know, where I'll, things are going with this.
2: Yeah. I I'll have to talk to some of my friends about that because I have friends that are, you know, vice presidents at these companies, Live Nation, Ticketmaster, AEG. Uh, I'll have to talk to them about that. Look, I, this is an easy one for me. If everybody just collectively says, we're not doing that, they'll change the policy. They're just, I mean, that is something that is, I would, if somebody asks me, I have to prov- prove that I had a vaccine or had a negative test before I get in their sporting event or their concert, I won't go. Period. End of story. I won't spend money. I won't go. And frankly, if it's Ticketmaster that's doing that, I'll never use them again. I just yeah, won't. I'm looking that's right now, it my...
0: looks like they've already lost $7 billion of revenue this year, which, you know, we're not shedding any tears uh, over here for that. I know certainly John and I aren't. I know you aren't either. No.
2: No, this is this is if they wanna if I look, I get it. They're probably coming at this from a business standpoint, which is how do we get people to feel comfortable going to be in a large group of people and stand next to <clears throat> total strangers for <clears throat> a two hour concert. Was that a or coronavirus a cough event?
0: that we uh, just detected? I mean, now that we have uh you know, what is different you know, Siri and stuff wanna be able to detect whether or not your cough was a coronavirus cough. That's you know, another thing that's going on. It's now. preposterous.
2: Yeah. I mean that that this is it, this is like cue the circus music that, 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 you know, I mean, this is where, where we are with, with the, it's, it's insanity. And, and, and the problem is there aren't enough people calling it out for what it is, which is a collective delusion that we're, we're not all dying from coronavirus. This is a, this is, this is nuts. This is nonsense. But the, the, the corporations are now f- stuck because even though this isn't a, it, it, the, they've created this false reality, the corporations now have to function in this false reality. So it doesn't even matter whether it's true or not. There's enough people that think it's true. So f- now they're like forced to deal with it. They're forced yeah. to like try and, uh, you know, a, like Ticketmaster could come out and say, all this stuff is nonsense. You guys are worrying about something that has a 99.74% survival rate and a median median death age of 80. What are we worried about? What are we talking about? If you're old and sick, stay home. The rest of you people come on. If they did that, of course, they would be right to do that, but there's a huge percentage of the population. I'm reading this go, article
0: right now. They're mortified. The, the you're Ticketmaster like, like, digital app, third-party health information companies like Clear Health Pass, which I imagine is probably associated with the Clear Pass, uh, you know, going through, uh, you know, the airport, DHS. or IBM's digital health pass, which we know, you know, IBM's entire corruption and how they were basically, you know, started to help categorize the Jews back in, uh, you know, World War II uh testing and vaccines and also lab corp and cvs minute Clinic. so we've got clear pass ibm uh and, and certainly i mean yeah i mean ibm dr thomas watson uh gave all of his money uh, when he died to the nazis hitler gave him a special award sort of like our medal of freedom that it was called i think the double iron eagle cross or something like that uh, i was like the highest award uh uh someone could be bestowed upon in germany and now i mean if you need to get something done through a a smart computer at the va system it's called the watson computer that's named after a eugenicist that you know gave his money to hitler and was like literally and then who then bill gates mom then was on the board of IBM which is very rare for a woman you know in 1978 and then after he stole his technology from Gary Kurdle you know then IBM is the one who basically made Bill Gates where it is where you know it, so it all it all comes back around to IBM and Bill Gates and you know America,
2: America. yeah yay America we're winning we're winning we're <laughs> it, but try having this conversation with somebody that watches CNN. You can't do it. You know, their brains will explode. I mean, they'll they'll just be like, you're a conspiracy theorist. None of this stuff is true. If clearly I would have heard about it on my nightly news. And since I didn't, it must not be true. And Bill Gates can't be this bad and, 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 and take the vaccine and get on the cattle car and be resettled in the East. You know, I mean, this is this is this we're gullible we're a bunch of sheep not us but you know as a population we 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 do the bare minimum amount of thinking we outsource our critical thinking to the mainstream media act surprised when it backfires on us you know you're trusting you're trusting fauci and bill gates and burks and in the C D C like people that all p- have a
0: financial vested interest yes. in this. And then did you see Biden's new uh COVID advisor? we we'll us look at this on the screen for people. Biden COVID advisor says US lockdown of four to six weeks yeah. could control pandemic and revive economies. This is sort of like the fifteen days that would I don't even know what day we're on now. Someone told me today, like two eighty five or something like that of being yeah. on this fifteen day lockdown. But yeah, I mean how Far do you see them pushing it? I mean, do you see do you see Biden coming out with a national mass mandate, or or do you think that he's smart yeah. to realize that that would no. actually
2: push back? No, he him. didn't care. He doesn't. He didn't give a shit. He's already the president. Fuck he already you stays guys.
0: inside anyway. So
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's he's not gonna. Oh, I, I have to. I, now I have to really give these people what they voted for dude they didn't vote for you they voted against trump they just ha- you just happened to be the person that they voted for because you weren't trump i mean don't don't like yeah, pretend people, like everyone because you know,
0: was- there was name recognition with Obiden because you know you were you know there for the first half black president yeah. in obama exactly
2: yeah but 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 yeah you, those those 12 people at your rallies i'm sure they're they're very enthusiastic about your mask mandate this is a this is part of the globalist agenda it's it's to destroy it's part of the fourth the, the fourth industrial revolution <laughs> they, they probably revolution. are they
0: probably actually are probably excited about the mass mandate the 12 people at his <laughs> Yeah well, <laughs> yeah they
2: probably are Be- And a lot of people are that are that are into their mass they see that as like a uh as a sign that they're I'm doing, doing the right they're doing something but they're doing the right thing they're protecting they don't want to kill grandma and, and and I'm helping and and look for them vast majority of people they 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 think they're doing something to help humanity
1: i, I get that, well people people actually but, says though now though that yeah, i talked to someone that believes that it's manslaughter when you actually give code to somebody that died so uh that's how far they come with you know the whole propaganda mechanism you know you never heard about this with any other disease you know that have no. existed and another thing you know that came out in march it was iata uh, which is the international aviation and transportation agency came out with the suggestion of immunization passports and that was on march 21st uh, of this year so they were way ahead of time of uh, you know where uh, where we were at with uh, you know the whole covid crisis of course uh, so they knew this but uh, interesting enough what is iata well it's a branch of the united nations uh, global government <laughs>
2: What a surprise! Yeah. There's the United Nations again. Yeah, you know if people don't fit it, it David Icke put out a, bu- a book called Dot Connector. You know, and this is what it is: there, we 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 look around, we find a, a lot of dots, and when you start connecting them, it paints a picture. And the picture that it paints is that these globalist organizations, these think tanks, and NGOs, and and groups like the United Nations and the Council on Foreign Relations and the Atlantic Council, all these groups. They are trying to put pieces in place to create a one world government they, with them in charge and all of us down on the reservation stuck there. And that's why things like health passports come out two weeks after the coronavirus situation hits the U.S. And everyone's like, wow, what a surprise that they're talking about global passports and things like that. You think that stuff wasn't on the drawing board for years in advance? Of course it was. And that's the yeah. reason why Fauci oh, yeah. talked about this in 2017. It's an agenda. It's a plan. It was made to happen. And, and the things that happened in the wake of it, just look back at 9-11. Look at how the Patriot Act was rolled out immediately afterwards. <laughs> it's like they just dusted it off. It was sitting in, somebody, sitting in somebody's yeah, desk. Yeah, like floor. tens of thousands of pages, you know, suddenly right. comes it comes into It magically person. came exactly. together. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they knew it was coming. Gee, what a surprise. (laughs) This is the same thing. And so for, but, but if you have this conversation with somebody that doesn't understand the, the, the backstory you know it's tough to get anywhere with them because they just they just reflexively think that you're you're a conspiracy theorist for that. But it's like well, yeah, they've been people- told
1: to though. Like how can you blame them? They've been manipulated through media yeah, yeah. in such a long no, time. Sure. You know, it's interesting. You know, when I'm stuck at these hotels, you know, there's uh, not much else than venture media to look at, it. and I, I do look at it just for some entertainment value. And it's just interesting the amount of propaganda you know, that are coming out that they're spewing is just re- beyond ridiculous. Like how, uh, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy they are on the propaganda mechanism. Yeah. You know, here in, here in uh, Canada now uh, for uh, for over a month, you know, we had the uh, medical uh, elites, you know, being out there calling for mass lockdowns. Meanwhile, the, the conservative government here is very, uh, was very careful because they were scared that, you know, they're going to screw up the economy again because we had a shutdown from March to June here. Uh, And now, of course, we just entered back into one because of the mass amounts of, you know, screaming that, you know, like the whole healthcare system is all, you know, we don't have any more beds to take care of people. Meanwhile, they had the former head of health here in in the province come on uh, CTV, uh, which is Canada television here in Canada. It's one of the news channels that are certified by the government. Um, He came out and actually said uh, that, you know, He's like, I, I, I don't know if you're uh, the viewers here that might be interested in some facts here uh, that, you know, I I, I want to uh, give to them. And then he starts, you know, like saying that basically where where we're at is we're, yeah, at a regular uh, or even lesser flu season. Uh, that was, of course, pre like the craziness that we entered into now. Uh, but he was actually like that video was deleted. Somebody actually saved it and then uploaded it on BitChute, which is great, mm-hmm. but it, it got deleted. From the, you can't find it, uh, that interview. And that was the former head of health uh, of Manitoba. You would think that he would have, you know, a little bit to
2: say, but apparently not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It didn't fit the agenda, right? So,
2: yeah. And if it doesn't fit the agenda, it gets silenced, you get deplatformed, you get uh, marginalized and called crazy and things like that but if it fits the agenda then you get propped up and you get to the front of the line you become uh they they make you a star like bill gates or fauci or you know these guys that that nobody nobody did a background check on these people they didn't ask for their qualifications i mean the gay community knows who fauci is they want that guy hung for what he yeah. did to them with azt back in the 80s i mean he's no they're no fan of his so um there's 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 manipulation going on and 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 it's it's frustrating to me on a, bu- a bunch of levels, but the most frustrating thing is just the, the the people, the general public that just are are some of them are busy and they don't have the time to figure this out. I get it. Some of them are just it, just content in their ignorance and and just yeah. happy to not know anything and they don't want to get involved and they don't they're willing to just take take it, you know. And 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 this has been 2020 has been a gigantic psychological operation it is it is meant to destabilize us it's fo- forced us to fight with one another we're, we're we're you know we're divided on on where we should go from a health standpoint we're deci- undecided on society you know how do we navigate yeah, Shut this down social
1: activity right with uh, mm-hmm. family and friends you know yeah it's, it's been extremely devastating and and when you look at the implement, implications that it had on people's mental health, it's just substantial. You know, suicides are through the roof. Uh, yep. Overdoses are through the roof here in, the, in uh, most of the provinces here because what they did is they took people uh, basically that lost their job. They gave them uh, what's called CERB, which was better than minimum income uh, here in Canada. And and suddenly you had a massive uptick in, in overdoses because people had a lot more money. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, the the devastation, you know, how about we, uh, you know, would shut down the world uh, until we actually get uh, get a hold of this 9 million people uh, a year dying of starvation. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That that doesn't that doesn't pay, though. No. They can't well, speaking it, so. of which,
1: you saw
0: that, spe- you know, we've got the author of the death panels, Ezekiel Emanuel, Ron Emanuel's mm. older brother, who is now part of this, you know, coronavirus task force. So you got a guy who said that people shouldn't even live past age of 75 now wanting to, you know, dictate our health, which he's already. And then people are like, oh, well, the hospitals are at capacity. Well, yeah, government basically run hospitals with government run health care systems, which is actually more of a fascist system than, than it is socialist. Uh why, if it was done in the private market, and it wasn't this whole you know Rockefeller type medicine. But what,
1: but what happened with the military hospitals that they rolled out there? We remember in New York, Empty. You know there was nobody there. Uh, they did in Alberta. They had it. There was. Uh, they actually did the the whole news story on how they transferred one person over to this uh, massive, gigantic military hospital in Alberta, Canada. Uh, and you see just this lady is like, yeah, I, you know, I, I there was no space for me at the hospital. It's like one person out of you know. Uh, they'd probably just move their there to have a propaganda piece, you know, that oh, mm-hmm. this is getting out of hand.
2: Yeah. They did yeah, it in, yeah, in New got- York, Seattle, all over the place. They were empty. The hospitals never even they they didn't see people. I mean like but if but if you accurately and calmly point that out to somebody, they they tell you that you're crazy.
0: Speaking of yeah. crazy, I'm looking right now that the uh, U.S. starts off fiscal 2021 with the largest October budget deficit on record. So, the, so right now we're starting uh, starting the fiscal year, uh, which starts in October, with a $284 billion deficit for just the month of October. Now, when Obama right. left, it was you know $666 billion for the entire year. And uh, it's crazy that Trump is literally going to get more. And I, I have it on video where I told... This is it's like March of 2017. I got into an argument on air with one of the this guy that was a big Trump supporter on his on his station, and I said, "Listen, over the course of eight years, I bet Trump will have added more to the debt than Obama." And they were all laughing at me and what an idiot. And you can't honestly believe this. And matter of fact, I was wrong. He did it in one term. In one term, he added more to the or looks like he's going to add more to the debt in one. Well, term currently current the
1: action. Yeah, currently the actual number Tim is four point two trillion. The the official number is three point one eight. So they're actually one point one trillion dollars off. Uh, and the calculation and what's interesting here in canada too we have we're talking a, about just for, 20, uh, we're talking
0: about for 2020 the uh year to date yeah
1: just the, yeah the yeah year date. Uh, but what's interesting tim is that we, we actually here in canada too we have a government debt number that gets released and then you actually have an official debt number which is you know uh the actual real no the unofficial number that's a real number and it's like about uh, you know almost uh double of what the actual, uh, you know, number is that the government puts out. So, you know, all these numbers that people are looking at, like the CPI and all these inflation numbers, we, we could go into that and talk about how it's greatly manipulated, and so on. To to buy these economists because they don't want to show the massive weakness in the system that is happening right now. Because what we got to understand is the system with the the currency system that we have today and that has been throughout history. Uh, And also government, they run on one thing and one thing only, and that is the trust in the system itself. When that Mm -hmm. trust thing is broken, it's game over. For currency, it's under a year usually that it just falls into nothing. And this actually kind of leads me into my
0: next question, which is actually Jeffrey Wilson, which I'll give a shout out to Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm podcast. Asks, if another lockdown goes down, what happens after that? and add that to the possible social unrestment. I do you think people are just going to take it or do you think I mean at least half the country is probably going to be a clamoring for this like oh yeah, this is exactly what we need because Joe Biden told us to. But but Charlie, what do you see yeah. the reaction of the uh you know the sheeple that are out there?
2: Man, I, I would love to say that the reaction is going to be a mass uprising, but it's not. I I don't think it is. I wish it would be, but it won't be because everybody's been so dumbed down and passive about this whole thing. Maybe maybe if it's I mean it, to, to but it's going to be so,
1: pockets, probably, um insurrection. But yeah, yeah,
2: no, you're yeah, right. yeah, Told yeah. There'll be there'll be some people that that see it and rise up. But 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 they'll be challenged by the other people staying home. They'll say, "How dare you get out there?" And you know. And, and 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 riot about this or or protest against this you know how, how dare you get out there and and become a super spreader or whatever you know terminology yeah. so nobody if,
1: talked about that when biden got uh all of his uh troops no, all over no 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 it's fine then <laughs> it's
2: fine when you're protesting against black or uh, in favor of black lives matter that's fine the virus doesn't or, or
1: celebrate uh president elect
2: yeah when you celebrate president elect when the media calls it as president elect and you celebrate yeah. it that's that's totally fine. Um, uh, you, you, you know, It's fine to eat dinner in a restaurant, but if you can't go into a bar because then the virus will kill you. I mean, the hypocrisy is is staggering. It's everywhere. But do I think that the people are going to rise up and challenge it? Not enough. Not enough people, at least. Well, I, I, mean, just, well, I just
0: stood up to it right now. In there you go. Deck, standing up to this. Uh, we just, I'm just standing also- up. Yeah, we also saw that, you know, New York City, I think I just read now, is like a 10 p.m. curfew. So, I mean, the coronavirus, you know, can only live, you know, till 9 to yeah. 9 or that. No, that sorry, it comes out at 10 o'clock. But, you know, what can other issues would you like to get into? I don't know if you want to talk about the book a little bit more and, you know, pimp some ideas of why people should, should get the book or other things that they'll understand. And maybe they already get yeah. all this stuff. Maybe they've been listening to us for a while or people that are like us. And maybe it's their friends or family that need to know how it's yeah. going down. What, what is this book? Who is this book good for? Uh, and, yeah. and I'll have it shown on screen while you're, while you're talking about this.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, well, look, it's for, it, it works for everybody. If you're somebody that has a, has a grasp on these topics, we go into some pretty good detail on it, but we don't, it's not overly technical. So, so if it, if it's new to you, if you're, if there's somebody in your life that, that doesn't have any idea about this so somebody like you're talking about your grandpa who just finds this to be, you know, uh, unbelievable the book will work to fill in a lot of the gaps or ex- it, it, it help to explain it to them in a way that I think makes sense because part of what we do is we, we go into the history of empires and people can sort of see what happened there. And that, that sets the tone for, okay, yes, this is what could happen. And then we lay out the argument. And once you get done reading it, you realize all those things that, that were the cause of the, the former empires coming apart, are rampant in our current situation, and so you you come to this realization that oh no, we're on this same path as the rest of them. So it it it's um you know it's it's not to say that this is all doom and gloom because there will be opportunities in the aftermath of this to 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 prosper, to 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 maybe have a, a different you know a different reality. But but what we're facing right now with currency problems uh, government, you know, spending. And Except for Bitcoin, we're almost at
0: 16500 in- right now. So, I mean, what's, you know, yeah. bad for the dollar and bad for the empire, you know, is right now good yeah. for Bitcoin temporarily. Yeah,
2: so. yeah, yeah. And until this authoritarian, uh, government decides that Bitcoin is a threat to them and then they start doing what, what, um... And
0: then it probably goes up even what more. What Zimbabwe does planet. and say, yeah,
2: pu- punish punishable by death, right? You know, they'll, they'll do that, you know, <laughs> something along those lines. So, so
0: which is funny cuz one of the only actual punishments by death in the constitution is debasing the money which is what we first started talking about in the Roman empire and the coin clipping yeah. and now you got one well, and, and in modern
1: instead. yeah and in modern history you know it started with coin debasement right like uh, in the way of actually Taking out lesser and lesser metals. All modern yep. nations have actually done that right now. But now they're just debasing it. Uh, they've gone away from coinage almost completely now, and just are printing currency. And that's the last, you know, uh, stage of the debasement. Sounds like you're playing with coins right now. Do you have like like poker chips or something you're playing around with? I
0: keep hearing like this like rattling that every every now and then. Me? Yeah, I think it's coming from you. It sounds like there's some. Oh,
1: it's my it's my damn laptop. It's like. Ugh. Okay, no, when I think it, or, the it's like when you're, or might be you know it might
0: be uh, the. Uh, you know the, the microphone rubbing against the shirt. It sounds like yeah. some coins. Uh, I don't know if you're you're coin debasing right now as we speak. <laughs> so, and yeah. then and also, what about the yeah. other book too? So you know people. Uh, you know we talked about the controlled demolition, which does have you know already 100. It's only been out for what, a couple weeks now. Is 138 five star reviews on Amazon right now? As you guys can see that. So when you're dealing with the conspiracy crowd, you know it's a very tough crowd sometimes. It has yeah. very high standards. It's got a, a forward written by Doug Casey, who I can actually lay claim to actually. Being the first person to ever get Doug Casey on a Zoom meeting and had to, and I had to walk him and Ernest Hancock through how to use Zoom when I was interviewing both <laughs> of them, so I I can actually lay claim to that. Not that it really means anything, but uh, yeah, what about a, the octopus of global control? What uh, you yeah. know, if, if is this a book they should read before the control demolition, or it doesn't really matter, or they're both kind of stand alone?
2: Well, the. They work well together. They are suggested together on Amazon as well. <laughs> besides so Klaus, damn Klaus Schwab book. had to take it. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a, it. Well, that's a good one for um, like a broad overview of, of these topics. It it, it it gets into military control and governmental control and banking control and, and spiritual scientific media control. I mean, it just tackles a variety of topics. A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about now, but the, the, what makes that book different is the is the format that it's written in where I brought in quotes from over 500 different people that had some sort of role or some sort of interesting opinion on some of the most important events in our history. And so you get, the rock of, you hear the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Clintons and Bushes talking about yeah. these things but you also hear Joe Rogan and and Bill Hicks and George Carlin and, and guys like that so you know I had the added the comedians and so it, it paints a different picture uh but but they work well together I think you, you don't have to have one to understand the other but if you read them both it's it, it certainly I feel like you'll certainly have a, a really good understanding about what's happening and 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 of course, you know, like I, like when Jeff and I were writing the book, you know, when we started in twenty eighteen, you know, the things that we were writing about, we were writing in the in the future tense. And then when we slammed the brakes on and, and went in with the had to wait for the corona uh, stuff to, to to take place. When we went and infused that back throughout the book, we had to change a lot of the verb tense from uh, past or from ass, future tense to bad. past tense because that were it was like we were yeah. we had already we were talking about how it was going to happen and it had already happened in the, in the meantime. That's so one of the reasons why I haven't
0: written a book, uh, well, besides like the little ebook booklet thing I've got that you guys, if you want to text a number down below, you'll also get a, an emergency backup list. And it will also explain how all these things are rigged so that we don't need to figure out yourself. Yeah. But no, uh, it's,
1: uh, yeah, Tim, Tim, it's important with those books because I also did this uh, kind of similar thing with my book. I said, uh, because I didn't know what was going to happen, but it was uh, history told me it was going to go away. I said, like, if you read this book, you know, Venezuela has probably gone into a hyperinflation or deflation, uh, devaluation event. Uh, And a couple of other things in that book as well. But it's it's important, I think, what you've done, uh, Charlie, and what I I think what I tried to do with my book is making it uh, readable in such a way that the general public actually could pick it up and understand what's going on. Because if you don't do that, you know, you're not going to be able to wake people up uh, at all. And it's so important to, you know, not overcomplicate the message and, and make it as simple as possible for people to then you know, go out and, and do their own research.
2: Yeah, and, and we also put actionable information. There's stuff that you need to know. Stuff that if you know this, you can then make decisions in your life based on it. Like as an example, when people uh, put their money into a into their bank here in the United States, they're under the impression, well, that money's backed by the FDIC, and so you know we can I can get it back. Well, that's true if if like the bank manager runs off to Tahiti with his secretary, right, and, and steals all the money out of the vault. The FDIC can step in and make you back, whole. Back if, when
1: you were allowed to run off to Tahiti or anywhere in the world. It, right. Well, in a, right, right, right. In, a, in, in a tiny, tiny credit, you a uh, small little bank.
2: Right, in a tiny one. But if it's a systemic issue, you're screwed. They don't have enough money to cover it. But on top of that, it's not even your money. Once you put it in the bank, it becomes the property of yeah. the banks. So the Thanks, bank Obama. is in first position. And that is something that n- most people don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until a couple of years ago. And, and it's like, wait, that can't be true. It's like, read the fine print in your, in the contract. When you yeah, they your changed media. that
0: after 2008 that they, uh, you know, made that adjustment and they're always changing the rules. I mean, the Federal Reserve isn't supposed to, well, they're not supposed to be doing basically anything that they're doing right now or even existing, but I mean, starting to yeah. buy corporate bonds. I mean, yeah. investment grade bonds, well, I mean, absolutely ridiculous.
1: And, yeah, well, uh, here in Ca- here in Canada, Tim, you know, I I wrote in my book "Canada, the Greatest Economy in the World?" Question mark I actually did find the numbers for uh, the the Canadian version of FDIC, the CDIC, and actually the numbers was zero point thirty nine percent of all deposits under one hundred thousand Canadian dollars were, were covered in that fund. And and what is more interesting is since I've been you know selling probably like four, four five thousand copies of that book right now. Suddenly, you started to see just the last two years the CDIC having constant commercials on network TVs, uh, you know, how secure your money is in the banks.
2: Yeah. Why would they be running those ads? Probably because the money is not secure, and they want you to think yeah. that it is.
1: Yeah, same
0: thing with uh, the FDIC here. Running, it's funny because they've got like nothing against like immigrants or people, from, but they have a lady like who like barely speaks English as like the head of the FDIC, like trying to assure people that their money is okay. And it's just like a very funny like optics, You're, like just it's, not to a, it. It. it's not
2: okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> your money is no. not safe. It's their money. If you wake yeah. up, so we talk about the bank, a bank holiday, and what that is. It's, it's when you wake up and your bank is closed and you can't get your money out. It's Speaking of
0: Eric Schmidt is now moving to Cyprus or now is getting mm-hmm. Cyprus citizenship so and that's of, and, and we
2: we we oh, talk okay. about Cyprus in the book as well yeah they, look how safe they,
1: your money was there yeah they, yeah it was gone a, I mean it's it's if you had over it's a just yeah. a haircut John. When, yeah, exactly. and, and, no, and listen, like it wasn't small either. Like it was on an average for the people under a hundred thousand was six point ninety nine percent. For the people over a hundred thousand uh, euros, it was uh, nine point ninety nine. But what is more interesting was that there were people actually caught in the middle of this that you know lost tremendous amount of money. There was a lady that you know she was gonna you know she was retired. She was living in Cyprus. She was gonna move back to England. She got caught in the middle of a real estate transaction. Her money. Uh, She lost 50% over her money uh, in uh, Bank of Cyprus uh, because it was just frozen and locked up there. She could never get it back and she lost it. That was what she's going to go back to live on in England. And, uh, the more, and the so, more
0: insidious way to do that is to print a bunch of money and devalue it, which is you know the route which, America's taking. Yeah. But you know we're the world what, reserve currency, so we um, I say we because John's uh, you know Norwegian Canadian, so yeah. So but we, but, but let me, we discussed it between Charlie and I. But,
1: right. <laughs> but but let me tell you about the story. So how that happens? I, I had a conversation. You know, people don't believe it until they actually hear stories. So th- there's a story of a guy here in Winnipeg. Uh, He had moved from Argentina in 2001, but he told me two stories. He told me first the story of his dad, you know, that uh, suddenly in the 80s, he lost 75% overnight of all of his saved up money in Argentinian pesos during a devaluation. So suddenly he had 75% less money. So it was like, basically you had a hundred thousand. Now suddenly you had $25,000 uh, like pesos worth of purchasing power at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Well, so he thought it was going to be smart. In 2001, there was another devaluation Well, he'd positioned himself in U S dollars in Citibank in Argentina. Problem was that when you were in the country, that bank is not an American bank. It's a chartered bank with an American name. Uh, and so what they did is they took the U.S. dollars, put it in Argentinian pesos, and then devalued it. Uh, so Gosh. they're not safe when they're in the banking system at all. you got to, like, at least if you do that, you got to go to a bank outside of your country uh, and not within your country. Because a lot of people thought that, oh, I, I'm putting it in U.S. dollars in a bank account. Well, now it's safe. No, it was not. Uh, and, wow. and and so, yeah, there's those risks. And those stories are very important to tell people because if you don't tell those actual, because this is our individual stories told by people that are affected. And when you tell those stories, you know, they, they become uh, pretty real <laughs> yeah. when it's actually physical people that I talked to that have had this experience.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but I do want to
0: say you know we definitely appreciate having uh, Charlie on the show today. It's you know he's been on it's the second time he's been on the show, and we and you guys can find more information about Charlie by going to his website, which we're going to put on screen right now, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com, and there you can find his book, The Octopus of Global Control. I'm sure you can also find or go to Amazon and type in uh, the controlled demolition of the American empire. That's a book that you co-wrote with Jeff Berwick and definitely want to support Charlie. And it's, you know, it's a great book you know, to give, you know, people who are just now starting to get into this stuff, even, you know, probably great for people who, you know, know a little bit more about this, but, you know, and Charlie also is the host of the macro aggression podcast. Uh, I was just on it recently. Uh, you know, yep. Jeff Berwick was on, on it for me. John yep. was on it uh, a while ago and, uh, and yeah, so how many how many episodes do you have out now? And you know it's relatively 72. 72, 72 episodes. Oh, wow. I put two out
2: yeah, two out a week, one uh, monologue and one interview. So um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and, and people can um, people can check that out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and David Ike's video platform called iconic. Uh,
0: very very nice. And then with John, we got all of his information can be found at theeconomictruth.org. truth.org where you guys can get the books that he was referencing that I've got up on screen right now. Also, he's got a lot of economic reports and you can hire him as an economic advisor, especially if you've got you know questions on Canada, that would be a good thing to do. And then of course, I, of course I don't have my own stuff ready to be on screen, but if you go to LibertyAdvisor.com, it's all the financial planning stuff. I actually did just update it recently with a few new videos and things for you guys. And if you go to the Liberty Advisor show, that's where you can find all the media. Cause you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, just don't bank on us being there forever. I know we were bitching about this on world alternative media and then they did kick us off so you know we're not just saying this just to say it and uh you know float right now it has actually you know we're getting quite a bit of traffic over there I mean, for being a brand new platform actually you know it definitely a decent amount so check that out check out the podcast and that way if it's in the podcast feed you know, you know pretty much any one of the main ones you guys listen to but the best thing to do you can also on john's on john's website you can go i need to get this up on mine right now but let me show you guys here right in the very front you can sign up for the newsletter and what we'll do is we're going to start uh you know pretty soon here you know. know. Sending out emails, as you know, sort of like what Jeff does, a lot of other people do, letting people know, hey, there's a new show, this is what it was about, and you can check it out because you know, I do suspect that they're not always going to be. Giving out this information. And on Facebook, I cut the stream after half an hour because I think I shared it out to a bunch of different groups. And in the aggregate, probably shared it out to like 100,000 people. And yet we had, you know, one person watching. So, you know, that, that <laughs> obviously goes to show you, you know, what's <laughs> going on on Facebook. On my channel that has over 30,000 people on it, we had literally zero people on there watching it. Probably didn't even reach anybody. It's just all a joke. But, you know, it's always great hanging with Charlie. It's always great hanging with John, obviously, or else I wouldn't be doing a show with him, you know, twice a week. And we do have some great shows coming up for you. We got one with, uh, Jim Cantrell, who's the co-founder of SpaceX, uh, agreed to do a show next week. So we've got that one coming up. We've got Richard Grove, who's just like a guy knows everything about everything when it comes to you know conspiracies and how everything. I mean, this guy is is you know not that Charlie doesn't know everything too, but you know, yeah, Richard no, Grove is is just. Uh, you know, he's got a, it he's next, got it dialed next in level. Of stuff. <laughs> and i don't really say that's not really honor that i really bestow upon a lot of people but i mean having so he, he's coming on we've got uh you know peter kinez you know we got so we got a lot of good hard hitters you know coming up soon so appreciate you guys support appreciate you guys checking in appreciate you guys hitting the, the like button if you're new here please subscribe but anyways thank you so much for hanging and uh i'll talk to you guys later it's another great tim and john show